All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Celebration Uh, of a team win. It doesn't matter in any sport. It did feel a little odd because it's a team that's so new. You're like, man, those fans haven't really endured much pain. Like, you know, you think back to St. Louis or Washington and, and even Tampa Bay had gone 15 years without a championship, like good for Vegas, but it did feel a little bit different when you're like those fans, like they're, they haven't endured what most fan bases have endured, which is pain. I don't know that I agree with that. Because, yeah, they they got to the cup final in their first season. But the agony of that, getting that close and losing it, and then it being hockey's holy grail, like you're the Golden Knights, you're on this quest for it since then. In, in a bunch of the last few years, they've been sort of in the wilderness searching for that. That the bar was set so high and so unattainably high. I mean, listen to Jonathan Marcheseau talk about 
the pain that he was in for a year after losing that series to the Caps. And so maybe the fans don't have the same full appreciation for it there that, you know, I mean, Washington was hopeless for so long. Hopeless, utterly hopeless. The worst expansion team ever in NHL history, followed by just years of meandering play. And the closest they got before 2018 was being swept in the cup final, you know, back in the screaming Eagle Jersey days in the mid nineties. Oh yeah. And the St. Louis blues got to four cup finals in a row. Is it, or is it three? And in the sixties and then never got close again. So it's a different pain and it may not be as long, but I would argue that it still was pain because they went through three coaches to get to this point and said goodbye to some of the franchise favorites, Marc-Andre Fleury and Max Pacioretty and all these other guys that they jettisoned to the moon and pushed out of the way and said, we don't care. We're going to get these guys, Jack Eichel and Alex Petrangelo and Mark Stone. Like that's, that's pain too. The, the Golden Knights were kind of like this, I don't want to say laughing stock, but like for a while in NHL circles, the last couple of years, they were like, they're going to mow over everyone in their organization. They started with a blank slate and immediately had cap problems. Like there's been a lot that's taken place in six. I know it's six short years, but in some ways, ask Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee, they probably felt like long years. Well, maybe for the organization, all I'm saying is many fan bases and players have lost every year. Somebody's losing the Stanley cup final, right? Yeah, so but how many teams have been that close that many times? This well, was their fourth, fourth trip in six years to the conference final. Yeah. Wow. The San Jose sharks would put their hand up and say, Hey, wait a sec for a decade. They were one of the best teams went to the conference finals numerous times, went to the cup final and just unfortunately were unable to get it done. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what they lacked? Killers. Yeah. Jonathan Marcheseau is a stone cold killer. Yeah. No. Hey, you know what? He played really well. I thought it was very deserving of the of the Conn Smythe Trophy, and and, uh, and now that, it's you know the the uh, the buyout window officially begins tomorrow. Frank, uh, t- it's supposed to be forty eight hours. Obviously, be forty eight hours later tonight. So uh, tomorrow is when the uh, the buyout window opens, and then the first one will close uh, on June. 30th uh, arbitration cases, of course, and we got the draft, you got free agency. You know, I, I sense there's going to be some, some deals at the, at the draft as there always is, you know, that, that seems to be like the second busiest time lately when it comes to trades in the national hockey league leading up to the week of the draft. And then sometimes a, a few days after, you know, it, it's not as crazy of course, as the, uh, the trade deadline, but that is a, a fairly significant time. Um, I know there's a you story on it to get it rolling. What? We need a cap number. I mean, that think was, about I, some of the teams that are A, considering buyouts, or B, maybe thinking about trading for a, a player from another team. Do we have $1 million in space? Do we have $3 million in space? Like, it, it kind of throws off the whole calculation. No, it's, and it's funny because some people still think it's going to go up more than what Gary Bettman said. And others, I would be in that camp. I'm raising my hand right now. Yeah, and then I've had other GMs tell me that they think it's going to just be the the one mil. Now, you know, who knows? I I can tell you, I don't think there's any GM out there who's like, oh, let's just have it at one mil. And 
every player would prefer it to go up. So obviously it'll be negotiated on. And I would agree with you. Like, you know, now I, the buyout window closes June 30th. So realistically, if, if you can have that number, because the teams can sit there and decide, okay, we buy them out. This is what the payment is. This is what the cap hit is. And if we don't, this is what it is. It's pretty simple. It's not like it's a crushing decision to make. There's only two options, right? And then it's a matter of, can you facilitate yeah, but you, a trade? You can't make that decision in a vacuum without knowing how much space you have. You might not need to. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. how but, close you are. But if you find out what the cap hit is before the draft, right? Um, well, that's why the buyout window, yeah. You're probably going to find out Tuesday or Monday before the draft. And the buyout window goes all the way until June 30. Yeah, like knowing the NHL, Monday, the 26th of June is the player awards. It's a pretty big day. Then you have nothing on Tuesday. And then the draft, you have Wednesday, Thursday. Everything's in Nashville this year, which I think is a great idea. You know, so you could announce it Tuesday, right? It becomes a story. Oh, here we go. Uh, the cap is announced on the 27th of June. This is what it's going to be right before the draft. But I think you talk to GMs, they'd much rather know a week before because in the past we've seen trades, some big ones. Remember the Carter Richards trades leading a few days before the draft itself. So, you know, ideally the GMs would like to have it next Monday or Tuesday. I'm just, I'm not sure. Uh, two guys I spoke to yesterday uh, didn't have, cause I was my question, when are you going to find out about the cap? And they're like, we don't know yet. So you got to think that it's coming soon, but it's holding everything up. No. Why is there not more activity? Teams don't know what they can spend. And more to the point, teams don't know what they need to shed. Yeah. You know, if you're the let's let's put yourself in the shoes of the Vancouver Canucks. You know you're desperately trying to move Connor Garland. Yeah. Well, you know what the price is, at least what teams are asking you for right now. You have an idea. The market is fluctuating based on what the Flyers paid or got essentially to to eat Cal Peterson and Sean Walker. So that part is still fluid. And then you're like, well, do I really need to trade this asset to move on from this player, not knowing what the cap is next season? Not only will it be easier for someone to take on, but maybe I could just afford to suck it up for one more year. Well, hey, dead cap space is the worst. You don't want it. It it limits you. Even if it's a million bucks at the trade deadline, that's, that can turn into a significant player. So I think teams definitely have to be leery of it. There are some buyout options that would make sense for teams, you know, if they want to save a significant amount of cap space this year. So um, like I thought originally, Frank, for sure, the cap was going to go up more than a million bucks. And I think, you know, others had said maybe 2.5. And and because that's really, that's a difference of a player, right? Maybe two, you know, two bottom line players is guys at the, at the minimum of 775, right? So it is a significant difference, even if it's only a million and a half more than you expected. Look at the Boston Bruins. They have four and a half million bucks in dead cap space and really tough decisions to make. They want to keep Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, they probably have to trade Taylor Hall. They're not sure what's happening yet with Krejci and Bergeron if they're coming back. That three million bucks, instead of the additional two, I mean, could be both Krejci and Bergeron on minimum bonus incentive deals. Yep. 100%. I so. mean, that's how big of a difference. Like people say, well, wh who cares? It's just two million bucks. It's a big, big deal for every team. Look at the Oilers. A two, a $2 million difference 
might be the difference between bridging Evan Bouchard and re-signing him to a long-term deal. You might feel more comfortable biting the bullet and doing it rather than kicking the can down the road. Yeah, Bouchard's an interesting one to me because if you look at at the, the comparables and you, you see a three years, $4 million uh, deal for um, Dobson out of the New York Islanders, there's not a lot of shorter deals for offensive guys who score 50 points. Right. There's just not a lot. So um, if that's the if that's what you go off of, and usually if it's shorter term, the cap's a you know a little bit lower. So you now we'll see, we'll see what it, what happens there. Uh, I think Bouchard, because th- their camp, I'm sure, would be saying, Well, we want seven mil on a long-term deal, especially with the cap going up. Well, I mean, the problem is how big is that number with the cap going up, right? Yeah. I mean, no, but I mean, like over the next few seasons, right? Like there's lots of projections a cap in three years could be up eight or 10 million. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, because it also makes the ask from the Bouchard camp that much more expensive because everyone knows it's going up. Yeah, exactly. So, so is it possible to get done now or not? And then if you're Bouchard, you're sitting there going, well, I could take the bridge deal and cash in put up 50 plus points each of the next couple of seasons playing on a magical power play with McDavid and Dreisaitl and then hit it at the exact moment in time of free agency where or close to free agency where you're getting an enormous ticket. You know, all of a sudden you're seven and a half million dollar AAV or $7 million AAV becomes nine and a half. Yeah. Now, see, Bouchard's in a very odd and unique situation because, A, when he signed his contract, it ended up sliding. So he played his first year of his entry-level deal in the minors, but it didn't actually count as a year. So he's played four years of pro, Frank. And usually when you've played four years of pro, you file, you you qualify for arbitration. He doesn't because of that slide rule. So he doesn't even have arbitration rights this summer. And um, it's the one time where teams, if they want to, they can really control it, which I've always said it's not personal, it's business, because most other years, Frank, the players have a lot of say, they have a lot of power, which is fine. It's the one time when your young players don't have our brights that you just say, hey, guys, nothing personal, but because it's it's not like when you have our brights that you're looking to give us a deal. So it's just the business factor of it. And I wonder how much that plays into it this year. And maybe like, is the bridge deal only become a one-year deal? We'll see. He's really unlucky because his three-year entry-level deal basically became a five-year deal. It slid twice. So the first well, once, year yeah, he played he seven games yeah. and then went back to junior. And then the, the second year, he played an entire year of pro in the AHL, and it also didn't count. And then he plays three, four, and five all in the NHL. Yeah, now lots of guys do what he did in his first year, right? Like they sign the deal like three months after getting drafted and then they don't play in the NHL, they get their signing bonus, right? And it slides. So that happens lots, but it is that it's that extra year of being in the minors where it doesn't yeah, there's count. There's a bunch of two-year slides. It's just for him. He also happened to cash in with two 40-point seasons and then isn't able to, you know, get any arb rights or any rights to him. No, no. So. Uh, the, the only thing the only thing that he's susceptible to or the Oilers are su- susceptible to is the offer sheet. And I don't I don't I don't see this year there being significant offer sheet threats, but I wonder if he's one of them. 
Well, yeah, it the Oilers has to- can't really afford to go big, 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 can they? No. I the thing about an offer sheet on Bouchard is it's got to be a team, Frank, that that's near the bottom who has lots of cap space. Right? Because it's in order to offer sheet, it's got to be a pretty big ticket. Well, and he's also going to have to want to sign it for one. Uh-huh, that's the other point. I think sometimes people forget that. It's not like a team can a team can send you the offer sheet, but if you don't sign it, it doesn't matter. Right? You have to sign it and, and agree to it. And um like you think about the offer sheets, most of them are matched. The one that wasn't matched in Cockney Carolina's never got great value out of that ever yet. Right. But the idea was pay big to just get the player, acquire the asset. We already know and have a way more defined view of what Evan Bouchard is. I don't know that the same was true of Kakanyemi. He was still kind of just a project. He's a, a guy, you know, bursting onto the scene with an unbelievable 18 year old season. And then what? Yeah. We know what Evan Bouchard is now. There's no guessing. I just, yeah, I think no. your your point is a good one though, because what, which teams could really possibly afford him? Yeah, like, and like I'm looking down the list of of teams that like good teams. Lots of teams would want him. There's not a lot of right shot offensive defensemen. That's just a fact, right? But then, which ones have the cap space to do it? And then, which teams would he want to sign for? Right, like the Winnipeg Jets, Frank. They might have tons of boatloads of cash, right? But if, if they're going to move all their guys, does he really want to go there? Right. So th- I think they're that's There's the a one teams that stand out for me. Who's that? Uh, the Montreal Canadiens. They've got cap space. I'm not saying they would do it, but obviously they've been in the offer sheet game, I guess, by virtue of their entanglements with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Um. I don't the 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 caps don't have the cap space and they also have John Carlson as their power play guy so that doesn't make sense. I don't think the Florida Panthers need him with the explosion from Brandon Montour but they have they will have cap space this summer. Mhm. Um the Preds, they already made a deal with Ekholm and Tyson Barry's there as a right shot guy that can run their power play. So that doesn't make sense. The Sens can't afford him. What about what about the Sabres? Well, they, they got huge money coming in Darlene and Power, right? Not but they, I, yeah, no. they don't have a power play specialist, so to speak. They have guys that can run their power play, but not a specialist. No, I just don't. I, I think I think power Darlene can can do it. Because here's the thing. Here's the compensation for anybody wondering about offer sheet compensation. So I'm not doing the first one. Um, like a, a third round pick is anything from 1.4 to 2.1 mil. It's not going to be there, right? Like it's not going to be the second round pick, which is up to 4.29. Uh, first it's, and a third. It's got to be 8 million plus to even get the Oilers to think. Yeah, so if it's 8 plus... Let's say it's eight. If, if it's anything under 8.58 a year, then it's a first, second, and a third. Anything above 8.5 to 10.7, which obviously it wouldn't be, it's two firsts, a second, and a third. So let's say, let's stick with it. If you think it's eight mil, Frank, because um, the highest you could get would be 6.43. If you went 6.43, then the it's a first and a match. third. They'd be like, thank you for making our life super easy. Yeah. 
That's the thing about offer sheets is you have to give a number like when Montreal did. You have to give a number that makes everyone squirm. And that Aho deal. That that was great. That's an that's the easiest match ever. Yes, that that's why I never understood the 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 anger from idiotic from, from Carolina because they're like, thank you, we just got this guy for eight point five, and you know it's been a solid deal. What about Detroit? <laughs> I'm not. I don't know that. I first off, I don't think Steve Heisman would do it to Ken Holland. But man, like the Red Wings could really use him, and they don't have anyone like him. They have Mo Sider, obviously, on the right side, but they could really use him, I think. Yeah, they, they got like, some... you got to find a team that's create, has, checks all these boxes, is a little bit crazy, has a ton of cap space, and has a burning desire to get the player. Yeah. All I'm saying is, like, someone, somewhere, I, is there someone in the West? Like, you'd have to also want to make life really difficult for the Oilers. True. Either in in cap hell if they keep him, or really missing him in their lineup if they say no. I just don't know that someone exists in the West to do that. Yeah, offer sheets are rare. That's why I I ultimately, Frank, I don't see Bouchard getting it. I, I agree with you. I just think it's interesting fodder. I think he's he's probably the one RFA that I look at and I say that's. An interesting offer sheet guy. Now, speaking of interesting, uh, Bruce Garriock uh, had, I don't know, Daily Faceoff followed up on a story about the Debrinkat and the Senators, and the Senators might be taking Debrinkat to arbitration, which means basically um, he would get 85% of his nine mil. If that's what the arbitrator decides. Well, no, it can't be lower than that when it's a team. No, I'm saying, yeah, but what the it could be is, more, but it can't it be could lower, be more, right? But they're tr- they're basically trying to then so so consider the spot that they're putting themselves in, and I I actually understand it because it was going to be equal, it was going to be difficult to get equal value when trading to bring it. Like they gave up the number seven overall pick last year. There's no chance they were getting that back again. Yeah. So you're already sort of starting at a loss in terms of what you gave up to get him. This really just buys you time. That's all it does. But what it does is it also really pisses off the player. It's true. Like it- you're exacting the only leverage you have, and you're basically going to the arbitrator and arguing a case of this is why this player stinks. <laughs> And by the way, for anybody, it would be that's seven- all arbitration really is for teams anyway. This is no. why this player stinks. Yeah, it'd be seven point six five million instead of nine. If and if 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 that's now when you look that's at his the numbers, lowest it could be. Yeah, that's the lowest it could be. But if you look at his numbers, um, you could make an argument that he probably comes right in around that. Um. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the tough part for him is the arbitrator looks first at yes. the most recent year. Yes. It's it, the goal. second year, like the second most recent year, the 41 goals and 78 points. That factors in, but not nearly as much as the most recent year. So I would tend to agree with you that I think he, he's right in that neighborhood, that 765 to 8 range. Um, the thing is, like, where does this, what's the end game here? Cause you're going to get a player back in your lineup next season. 
that has basically already told you he doesn't want to be there. And then you drug him through this process where you, you, you told the arbitrator why he's no good to yeah. then what, what's like, I think the trade of all this is the start of a divorce, right? This, you know what this is, Frank? The divorce this, already began weeks ago when he told them he didn't want to resign. True. This is just them telling other teams, you're not going to back us into a corner and make us force him, uh, uh, force a trade from him to you by virtue of you talking to his agent directly. This is us seizing back some power and control in the process. Yeah, 100%. To me, it's like the divorce is, is everybody knows where it's going. Now you're just living in the basement, Frank, for a bit until you can uh, find a sale on the house. It's a that's pretty a, awesome basement at seven point. That's what's uh, five minimum million. Yeah, I know. It's a pretty good basement. Uh, let's bring in Tyler, your truck. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, guys, ready to roll with another edition of Buy or Sell. And uh, let's start with that Stanley Cup final matchup between the Panthers and the Golden Knights. Between the two of them, I'm saying the Golden Knights have the better chance of getting back to the Cup final next season. Are you buying or selling on that, Frank? Selling. Woo. I think the Florida Panthers are going to be better next year than they were this year. Injuries and start to the season notwithstanding. This was always the plan for the Panthers was have an okay year this year. They caught lightning in a bottle in the playoffs, but they have contracts and dead cap space coming off their books. They've got cap space. And most importantly, what this playoff run did for Florida is it put that team on the map. It was always a great place to live and a sneaky out of the way, awesome place to play in the NHL if you minded being on a team that never really had a chance to win. Now it's become, I want to go play with Matthew Kachuk. I want to go play for Paul Maurice. And I get to live in an OTAC state, a team with a chance to win, and a pretty awesome freaking place to live. Like it, it has, it, it will become now a premier destination to get players to go play now that they've shown and demonstrated 
that they can be a legitimate contender? Hmm. I will, I guess I will sell and I will say, uh, I think, because the buy or sell, right? It was, or no, you fill in the blank. I'll say Vegas. Sorry, I forgot who we're doing. Um, I'm going to say Vegas because I think Florida to get to the cup final had Bobrovsky playing out of his mind, which was awesome to do. And I don't think that's going to be repeatable. So um, I, I think getting back to either one is obviously super difficult. But if I had to pick one, I'll say Vegas. Yeah, just it was who had the better chance. Yeah, I'll say chance to go on Vegas. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's fair as well. That was my pick. Uh, all right, let's go with this one. The Pittsburgh Penguins hired Jason Spezza to be their AGM earlier this week. I'm going to say the Penguins go through the offseason with no general manager. It'll just be Dubas and Spezza running it. Are you buying or selling that, Jason? It's a really good question, man. The, the announcement today makes you think like, hmm. Now, Spezza doesn't have a boatload of experience, but he's been around. He's a really smart guy. Uh, him and him and Dubas, I think it, it was shown how close they are when Spezza just left his job when Dubas got fired. So could an interim GM title last an entire calendar year? Yeah, I think it's uh, very likely I will buy. I am going to sell. Uh, I think that part of the reason why obviously Kyle Dubas can do this in one all encompassing position of president and GM. And I do think given the autonomy that he was seeking, that probably is pretty attractive, but I'm going to sell based on the reason that I think the penguins have some really difficult conversations to have in the next two to three seasons. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Kyle Dubas doesn't want that blood on his hands and he's going to have someone else do the dirty work. Isn't that weird, though, if you wanted full autonomy, but then you're going to get someone to do dirty work for you like that's You're going to put someone in the exact same position that you were just in and fought to leave. Yeah, yeah. Okay. pretty weird, right? Yeah, that is weird. The whole thing is weird. Why not just say I'm the president and GM and we're not hiring anyone? Yeah, I like that you've compared it a couple of times to like the basketball or baseball setup, right? Where you hear a ton from the president and the GM is just like, just kind of there just doing the, guy, the grunt. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Next one I got for you guys. Uh, you talked a little bit about the buyout window uh, opening up here right away. I'm going to say over two and a half buyouts. You buying or selling, Frank? I'm going to sell. Um, I'm not, I mean, look, last year we had set, like, are you including like the, like the, the weird ones that no one's thinking of some guy that makes, you know, minimum that you're like, no, no, no. It's gotta be like an NHLer. Okay. I'm going to sell, I'm going to say under, um, here's the thing, like the most, the buyout that makes the most sense financially and otherwise is Kyler Yamamoto of the Oilers. But I think the Oilers have actually learned in the last couple of weeks that the, there's a market for him. They're not going to get value, but they're not going to have to pay to move him. So the easier thing is just to trade him for nothing rather than buy him out and have any even minimal cap space, uh, dead cap space. So yeah. I think there's a calculation like that that's ongoing. Um, and I think right now that's that's why I'm leaning toward under. I'm gonna sell. Yeah, I'm selling all the way. Uh, I think Yamamoto's getting traded at you know what for for a mid late round draft pick. And you know, I've looked at lots of other buyouts. Like the one that's fascinating to me is the TJ Brody one because you could buy him out and have zero cap hit uh, for the first year, which is mind numbing to me. But 
then you're going to replace him with a D-man that you want to be a good defenseman who uh, probably going to cost you the same money. So are there D-men that are clearly without question that much better than him that you know you can get? Probably not. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to sell because I just, I don't see there being three buyouts that occur. All right. Next one I got for you guys of the teams who finished in the bottom quarter of the league last year. So we're talking Washington, Philly, Arizona, Montreal, San Jose, Chicago, Columbus, and Anaheim. That bottom quarter. Which one is going to be the most active this summer? I'm going to say it's Washington. I'm going to say they get an itch to really improve that team and get going under Ovi. Do you buy that it'll be Washington, Frank? Or if you're selling, you got to give me your pick. I am. I'm going to sell and I'm going to say Arizona. Now, are you saying active in the sense that they're just going to be dishing out assets or active in the sense they might for once try to get better? Well, hold on a sec. So, are like, do you include the moves Columbus already made? Nah, it's going forward. I don't live in the past. <laughs> um, I ooh, I think Montreal is going to be pretty active. I'm going to stick with Arizona. I'm going to like look. Washington is the easy answer okay. um, because. They just have so many contracts that are up up front that they need to fill out their roster. So by nature of also having Evgeny Kuznetsov and trying to trade Anthony Mantha, that they're they're going to be quite active. But here's the thing. I, I've been told that the Arizona Coyotes have a, a different mission and or mandate in place now that things have stalled in Tempe and now they're sitting here going, well, we got to play out the next few years in Mullet Arena. We might have to press go on this sooner rather than later, which is basically the worst fear of any GM is to embark on a long rebuild process only to have the stakes pulled up a lot quicker than you imagine. I think the Coyotes might actually get a little bit aggressive. Uh, and again, don't hold me to it. I haven't done all of the reporting I need yet, but those are the rumblings that the coyotes might be actually trying to improve. Oof. Does that make sense to you, Jay? Like that they're in this spot where they're like, Ooh, we got to generate some buzz in the market. Well, at some point you would think so. God, it's be brutal, but I got to believe it until I see it, Frank. Like, good. But I, Hey, the theory makes a lot of sense. Um, will they actually do it? We'll see. I'm actually, I'm going to go with the San Jose sharks because I think they're going to move Eric Carlson and, um, that in itself will win them the most active. I'm not necessarily saying that they'll be a better team because of it, but I think they'll make some moves. Yeah. Like again, I know we've touched on this before, but like just looking at Arizona, two first rounders this year, a second rounder, four third rounders next year, they have a first four seconds and three thirds And the year after that, they have four more second round picks. Like if you use all those picks on prospects, there's not enough room in your minor league system for these guys to play. Like it just doesn't make sense. I think they should be looking to have, I'll call it a Seattle Kraken-esque offseason. Like, weaponize your cap space. They went and picked up a guy like Bjorkstrand. I thought that was like a great trade. They didn't have to give up very much to get him relative to, I think, what he's worth in terms of his goal-scoring ability. So why not have a Kraken-esque offseason? You got a goalie there in Carol Vamelka. Go add a couple more pieces with all these mid-round picks you have. Still the best nickname in the league, Veggie. It is great. It is great. All right, guys, that's a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell. I'm going back to watching the uh, U.S. Open. Jeez, tough morning for you, Tyler. <laughs> Some of us actually work. 
No. Speak for yourself, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, how are you doing, by the way? So obviously some perfect segue, some news uh, on Wednesday, TSN 1260 in Edmonton. You've had your Jason Greger show there for 20 years. Yeah. How long has it been? 20 years. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. The station uh, no longer. Did you, yeah. you just just give us some insight? You got you got a call Wednesday morning. What? Yeah, right at nine o'clock, just, you know, Wednesday. And, you know, you get a call from somebody. It's not their decision. And I, I don't hold any ill will at all. Um, no, but I'm sp- saying you just got a call that said the station is no longer on the air, essentially. Yeah, like I had an email saying, hey, we have a, I need to talk to you at this time of day. And so my initial reaction was, did I say anything wrong lately on the show? Uh, <laughs> Am I getting canceled? <laughs> and uh, no, no, people have tried it. I'm not a big believer in that, but um yeah. And then you just, it's a quick conversation. There's, you know, I, I'm not upset about it. I, I knew the day was coming based on what had happened in other markets. You just didn't know when, and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I have my views on, on why things work and what doesn't work. And, um, you know, I'll probably keep that to myself, but it was, you know, the only unfortunate part is, you know, your, your listeners, uh, in radio, when you talk to people all the time that, you know, they feel part of something. And so you don't get an opportunity to, necessarily uh, say thank you to them so that's unfortunate for sure and uh but it's not goodbye for me frank i have um um i have quite a few options that have been presented to me already which is nice and so um you know every, it's it's always i'll say this frank it's it's good to get let go because man uh you, you get a lot of nice things said about you from a lot of different people so that's uh, uh as as tough as yesterday was i want to thank everybody there's some really nice emails and text messages and i haven't got mm-hmm. back to everybody it's been crazy so uh, but it's uh you know what? Change is good. Uh, 25 years ago, I made a big life change. I left the oil field and went back to school and it worked out very well. And so uh, I'm not afraid of change. Uh, I look at it, there'll, there'll be a new challenge and uh, something new will be coming around the corner. I just got to make sure it's the right one for me. Yeah. So thinking of you and uh, everyone at 1260, some really, really talented people and awesome people. And not just at 1260, but this was a tough week in media in general. Um, 1,300 layoffs at Bell we saw the other layoffs earlier in the week at the athletic it's uh it's not an easy time to to cut through in this media world and landscape that is changing and continually evolving but uh thinking of everyone that's you know waking up today that's in a different position than they were earlier in the week with regards to putting food on the table and things like that and obviously you're a talented guy and happy to be your teammate and and looking forward to continuing to create with you but um you know, thinking of the a lot of other people that aren't necessarily quite as lucky. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So no, we definitely will have um other things uh coming. Frank, the, the rundown still goes. I'm still doing all my writing. I just uh will be looking for a for a different platform for my show. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, um looking forward to seeing what you create next because the next iteration of it will be different. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, you know what? Uh, change can be good. Uh, Strutty and I really like working together in Connor, so I think the three of us have talked together. We're gonna we're gonna want to collaborate and, and do something together, which is nice. And then just a matter of uh, when and where, and hopefully uh, not not too uh, not too soon, but uh, obviously not too long. So you need a little bit of time to kind of decompress and find out what what works for you. If you can swing it, I always advise everyone try something different. If you can you know, pay your bills or whatever it is. If your risk factor is, is, is covered, take a chance. Cause it, it, you know, it, it, you may not have the opportunity to call your own shot at some point. 
Um, it's it's you you mentioned like the idea of not only what people say to you, like it's nice to hear that that's not the motivation for it, but it's really nice to know what other people and in the business world think of you and your work. What opportunities are presented to you that you might not have known are out there? And look, you and I started the rundown 227 episodes ago, part of the Nation Network. I didn't know anyone at the Nation Network aside from you before this started. So we start the rundown. I'm working at TSN. And I end up six months later leaving TSN. I I wanted to change. I had no idea where I was going to land next, let alone being full-time at Daily Faceoff and part of the Nation Network. And it's the best choice I ever made. So sometimes you make the call. Sometimes someone else makes it for you. The point being, get out there and see what's out there for you because some it might be something way better than what you're currently doing and you might yeah. be way happier. And so like I definitely have a few interests in in different things and you wanna you want to find out what works for you, but also you know what's going to work for your audience. And um you know the next few days and weeks I'll be you know looking and talking to people about what works and what hasn't worked. And um you know I've got a background because of owning my show for a long time. I kind of know the business side of it. So that'll mm-hmm. that'll help me in in some ways to kind of know what, uh, what's a good deal and what isn't a good deal and then and kind of move forward from there. So let, let's bring it back to hockey because it all depends on your viewpoint of the situation, right? Like, you know, like I said, not everyone gets to pick, uh, but like you, you can view it one of two ways from a negative standpoint or from, hey, look at all the opportunity that's in front of us. And I kind of, I made this point this morning on radio about the Winnipeg Jets. You know, you could be sitting in that Jets front office today saying, woe is us. We've got four guys who kind of really don't want to be here. Yeah. And they're critical pieces to our team. How are we going to tackle this? How are we going to get better? And I'm sitting here going, geez, Kevin Sheveldayoff for the first time in in six years, eight years, whatever it's been, can sit at his desk these next two weeks and view the Jets franchise like Play-Doh and remold it and reshape it into something awesome. You've got the premier young center on the market in Pierre-Luc Dubois, the premier goaltender in Connor Hellebuck, Mark Scheifele playing at a level, level that still vastly exceeds his cap hit. That's not woe is me. That's opportunity. Yep. That is, this is Jets 3.0. And that's just, look, I know people that are close to me are probably laughing, listening to this, being like, Frank, you are the most pessimistic prick out there. (laughs) But it all depends on your viewpoint um, of how you approach and look at what's in front of you. Well, 100%. And there, you know, anytime you have a change and a significant change for organization, you know, there is two sides of it. So you can look at, well, what if we get nothing and I make terrible trades? Well, yeah, then we're brutal. Or, what if we can find deals? Because everybody in the league knows what's going on in Winnipeg. And obviously, I'm sure every GM is calling Kevin Day off and, and offering sincere condolences and not necessarily the best offers to start. But once you get through that stuff, then you look and say, okay, how can we benefit our team? And, and the thing is, it doesn't all have to happen before the draft. I think between now and the trade deadline, 
is when he's going to move. Because I think moving all four, Frank, in one summer would, would be I think you different. have to. You think you have to? I, I don't know how you can piecemeal this together. Like, could the could the Jets go down the same path with Dubois that the Sens are with the Brinkett? You could, but it'd be way easier to just rip the Band-Aid off and trade the player. Yeah. I think you, one of Shifley or Wheeler. So then hell about the okay. But well, like, okay, so let's – now you're bringing personality into it, and, and some of this is hearsay because I'm not there. But they made a decision to strip the C off of Blake Wheeler's jersey last – last fall before the season started he didn't wear the c but he still wielded significant influence over that team and their locker room and i think in a negative way i think you have to you have to move on and i don't want to say cancer but you got to cut it out you got to get rid of him you cannot go through that again this team needs to formally be turned over to the next the next wave of Connors and Ehler and Marcy. You have to. Got to do it. And then where does that leave Shifley? Well, look, I think talks to this point have been amicable, and I did hear rumblings last week that the Jets were in a spot where Shifley had asked for a trade. That's been met with some significant denials. But the point is, Mark Shifley's, I don't, I don't think there's a path forward for him to re-sign there. So maybe you can bring him back and play out the year and maybe things end up being different and you seize on the value that he has relative to cap. But I think the value is so much more in someone else's pocket than yours that I just, I like I said, I said on the rundown how many weeks ago, Tyler, fill in the blank, 60% chance that all four of these guys are gone. And you were both like, whoa, I don't know how you bring them all back. I don't, here's the thing. People, again, all depends on how you view this. But my thought process is I don't want anyone in my organization that doesn't want to be here. Yeah, that's fair. But lots of teams have waited. You know, I remember... Joe Sackick probably being the, you know, the ideal one with Matt Duchesne, right? And then he ended up, he waited for the right time. So I think some guys and the Jets will know exactly which personalities will be more of an issue. So those guys, then you're right, Frank, you got to bite the bullet and, and do it. I think all four will be gone by the deadline and you could be right. They might all be gone before the start of the regular season. Something just tells me that it, it Don't that's you a big get act. rid of the discord. Yeah. Don't you want to get like if you really are going to turn the page and move forward and you really want to change the team that Rick Bonus felt the need to call out again yeah. at the at the end of the playoffs for them, the end of the road against the Golden Knights. You got to do it. Probably. But I, I, I'll only say this. I think they will know was was the indifference or the the, the negativity equal amongst all four personalities. If it wasn't, then the guys where, because the, there's guys, Frank, that'll be entering the last year of their contract, right? So they're going to want to perform well. We just talked about it. it. You know the difference. It 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 sucks. It can be good or bad for a player. If you have a great year in the final year of a deal, guess what? It really helps you. You have a bad year in the final year of a deal, suddenly use money. So there will be the motivation for those guys, even if they don't love the situation they're in, to want to perform so they can make cake next year. Fair, but 
I think more than what their wishes are, you need to do what's best for your team. And yeah, that's it's the same conversation that Craig Conroy is going to have. Do you want to be a Calgary Flame? And if the answer is no, that's okay. But don't sit here and and fake it. Just move on. That's it's interesting. The Jets and the Flames. I'm not sure there's a team that potentially well has the potential to make more big moves. Uh, you know, and Conroy, I like his honesty. He said, "Hey, we don't want to be in a similar situation to Johnny Gaudreau." And, uh, you know, if you want guys that are going to move. So, you know, talk to Backlund and Lindholm. And then the conversation becomes, yeah, you want to be here, but at what cost? Because I'll tell you, Frank, most of those guys would love to stay there if they're going to get the eight-year deals and the long-term deals at really good cap hits. But is that the best for the Flames? That's going to be, I think, the challenge for Conroy is, even if some of the guys want to be here, does it make sense for us to lock up more guys at seven- and eight-year deals? Because you know me standing on it, Frank. I am... Unless you're know, elite, you're against it. I'll, I'll tell you elite, this: I'm not going if, longer than five. If the answer is yes, I think the the Flames absolutely 100 will do everything they can to sign these guys. Like Lindholm and Hannafin are the two main ones, right? Yes. Yeah. Like back. There's the two ones that are also kind of. I don't. Like it may be unfair to call them flight risks, but I think at this point there's a pretty significant amount of either skepticism or concern that those guys want to re-sign there. Yeah. Because you look at the other ones, like Backlund, um, he's got one year. Toffoli's got a year. Chris Tanev has a year. You know, Zadorov. Those guys are just, you know, they're in a different tier, right? Same with Shillington. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I agree. Those guys in the different tier, you can afford to kind of wade through next year and see not only how good your team is, but how how well they play before making that decision. Offseason is going to be fun, man. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. Of course, the, uh, the draft, uh, we do have a, a, I'm looking forward to uh, to Monday's pod because we, we, we have somebody who was involved a little teaser here, Frank, we'll have a guest on who is uh, heavily involved in the, in the recent GM hirings and searches and stuff. So uh, we'll get his insight on that. Uh, I look forward to that conversation on Monday. Uh, have yourself a, a wonderful weekend, everybody. And uh, we'll chat much. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.